receiving gifts. I love receiving gifts. You could ask my wife, what's one of Marlon's love languages? It is gifts. I love gifts. It doesn't matter. It doesn't have to break the bank account. It's, you know, any gift is, is nice for me. And, um, and just a hint for some of you, I really love gifts on the second to last day of July. Just a heads up, second to last day of July, that's when you could go ahead and deliver some gifts to my house. You could come by, give me, you know, even a personalized cake for whatever reason on that day. But I love gifts. And today I'm going to be speaking about just that, a gift of God. So if you're taking down notes, the message titled at home, if you guys take it down notes, it's, it's titled the gift of God. And I think it's just a perfect day to speak about this. And um, before we go into the, to the word, I'm just going to ask if you guys could pray with me one more time. I know it feels, man, you guys pray a lot, but I believe a, a church that prays together, perseveres together. Amen. And I think we could put that on a TG cup, a TG shirt. We could definitely use that and, you know, get you guys going. Um, how about some smiles here in the building? I feel like you guys are still tired. You guys, you know, haven't had enough coffee. There we go. Thank you. Thank you. God, you're still moving. Amen. So just close your eyes right there with me at home, guys. Just, you know, close your eyes. We're going to welcome the Holy Spirit into our rooms, into our, our homes, into our hearts today. Father God, thank you so much for whoever is here today, for whoever is watching us online, whether it's Facebook or, or Zoom. I pray, Lord, that the word today has impact and, and lands on fertile ground, God. I pray that the word you've given me today, Lord, is a word that encourages, that challenges, and that blesses each and every one of us here today. Thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do. Holy Spirit, you're welcomed in this place once again. Uh, do what you need to do in our lives. Speak to us and, and just take any distraction that may be in front of us that could take away from what you have in store for us. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. So if you're with me, we're going to go to the book of Acts and we're going to go to chapter eight. Just Give me an amen since we're here in person. If you're there, just go ahead and put your hand up or, or whatever reaction you could put on Zoom. But just give me an amen. We're in the book of Acts, chapter 8. Amen. I got one amen here live. How you guys doing? You guys are good? Amens? Awesome. We're all there. Perfect. So we're just going to go ahead and read along together. And it says, we're in verse 9 right now. Book of Acts, chapter 8, verse 9. And your title might say something like, Simon the Magician Believes. And it says, but there was a man named Simon who had previously practiced magic in the city and amazed the people of Samaria, saying that he himself was somebody great. They all paid attention to him from the least to the greatest, saying this man is the power of God that is called great. So this guy, Simon, just, you know, we're going to stop right there. He's a celebrity. He's a very famous, popular guy in the city of Samaria. He is someone well-known, someone that everyone admires. People respect him. He walks into a restaurant. Everyone wants to gather around him. Everyone wants to take a picture with him because he does magic. He, he, he does all these miracles and wonders. And I put that in quote, right? The, the, his title is this man, the power of God that is called great. So they're calling him the power of God. And verse 11 says, and they paid attention to him because for a long time he had amazed them with his magic. But when they believed Philip, as he preached good news about the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. And verse 13 says, even Simon himself believed. And after being baptized, he continued with Philip and seeing signs and great miracles performed, he was amazed. 
And we continue reading on. It says, now when the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent to them Peter and John, who came down and prayed for them that they may receive the Holy Spirit. For he had not yet fallen on them, on any of them, but they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. You guys with me? All right, awesome, awesome. I lost my place. I had to ask you guys if you guys were with me. Then they laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Now, when Simon saw the Spirit was given through the laying uh, on one of the apostles' hands, he offered them money, saying, Give me this power also, so that anyone on whom I lay my, hand, lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to them, May your silver perish with you, because you thought you could obtain the gift of God with money. So I hope that was a, you know, a hint as to what we're going to be speaking about today. You have neither part nor lot in this matter, for your heart is not right before God. Repent, therefore, of this wickedness, for I see that you are in gall of bitterness and in the bond of inequity. And Simon answered, pray for me to the Lord that nothing of what you have said may come upon me. Now, they, now when they had testified and spoken the word of the Lord, they returned to Jerusalem, preaching the gospel to many villages of the Samaritans. Amen. So as we learned today, and as everyone learned on that moment when they were there with Simon and Peter, is that the gift of God is the Holy Spirit. And I was just sharing with the team before that I didn't know this. I don't know if Pastor Isaac knew this when I told him what I was preaching about. But someone on Instagram, he's also a pastor, he had put Pentecost. And I was like, wait, today's the day of Pentecost? And for those who might be new believers and might not know what that is, the day of Pentecost was the day where the Holy Spirit, you know, poured out to the believers, to the apostles, to the, those sharing the, the, the good news. And they started to speak in tongues and miracles were happening. And little did I know that that was this Sunday. So every Sunday, every 50th Sunday from Easter, they celebrate the day of Pentecost. So fun fact there. So we're speaking about the Holy Spirit today. And, I, and it's just crazy. Like I was telling the team, it's like just like a week and a half, I've been feeling the need to speak about the Holy Spirit. And here we are today on the day of Pentecost preaching about him. Now, for those who don't know, the Holy Spirit was sent on earth after Jesus had ascended, right? So Jesus came down to earth. He died. He, uh, he lived the life we couldn't live. He died the, the death that we deserved. He resurrected on the third. He stayed 40 days on earth, you know, um, teaching the disciples, showing them the way, showing them the good news. And then as he leaves, it says the Bible that they send the Holy Spirit. They send the Holy Spirit down to live with us, to abide with us. And we see this in John 14, 26, where Jesus is explaining to his disciples, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to you remembrance of all that that I have said. And I want to emphasize something very important today because I got caught, I feel like insulted the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a he. Okay, I know many times we get confused and we say it's a dove, it's a she, it's an it. And I remember we were here during worship practice just last week, and I was joking around with Genesis, and I don't know what happened, but I said something about, like, the Holy Spirit, and I said the Holy Spirit was an it, or the way I said it came out as an it, and she called me out on it. She was like, you just call the Holy Spirit an it? And I was like, and in the flesh, I was like, no, 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 you, what I was trying to say, this and that, but in that moment, I felt convicted. I was like, man, I just insulted the Holy Spirit. And I went into my car and I said, forgive me because I called you an it. I know you're a he, Holy Spirit. Abide with me. Don't leave me. Don't, don't feel insulted by me. 
because it happens, right? Sometimes the lingo of church or whatever you're, whatever you're going through the motions, you forget to give that reverence and that respect to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a third part of the Trinity, right? It's God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They're all equal in power, all equal in, in capabilities. They work as one. It's, it's crazy to put it into to words to comprehend sometimes, but they're all one. They're all the same. So that moment, I, I realized that, man, I just insulted the Holy Spirit. And I felt that conviction. And I think that's where it started to, to trickle the need to speak about the Holy Spirit because I felt like I needed that refresher, refreshment, that, that I needed that renewal of mind. And here we are. So for those who don't know, the Holy Spirit is a helper. We've heard this before. Jesus said it just now when we read it. The Holy Spirit is the helper, the counselor. 1 Corinthians 3, 16 and 17 says, Do you not know that, you're God, that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is holy, and you are that, are that temple. The Holy Spirit is here today. He is moving. He is a person. He has been described to, to feel. He has been described to react. He has been described to have been insulted like I <laughs> insulted him. The Holy Spirit is just as important to our lives than ever. If you guys ever were praying in a moment and you're like, man, I have nothing else to say. I have no words. The Holy Spirit is there interceding for you. The Holy Spirit inspires and reveals. And I hope you guys are taking these notes down because I'm going quick. Because I, I want to I wanna have a time to just worship at the end and really just, you know, fall into that, to that presence. So I'm going quick for you guys. And at home, I hope you guys are sticking with me. You guys are holding on. Don't let go. But the Holy Spirit dwells in us. Right, We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So I ask you today, before I go on to the next thing, how are you guys taking care of your temple? Right? How are you guys taking care of your body? How are you guys taking care of your mind, of your ears, of your eyes? The Bible says that the eyes are the windows of the soul. So how are you taking care of what you're seeing, what you're hearing, you know, what you're speaking? Right? How is the Holy Spirit? Does it have room to, 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 to guide? Does it have room to counsel? Does it have room to speak to you? Are you, you know, clouding it with music or clouding it with just movies and kind of not giving it the time of day? The Holy Spirit dwells in us and the Holy Spirit inspires and reveals. I, we see here, right, in Acts 8, how the Holy Spirit was moving amongst the people through the laying of hands, right? So when when you guys believe and you guys have repented, and, I, and I'm talking to everybody here, right? If you have repented, if you have asked for forgiveness, if you have asked God to move in your life, the Holy Spirit starts to ignite something in you, right? He starts to pour in his power, his presence. And we see how that presence and that power changes people's lives, right? For the goodness of God. The Holy Spirit is helper. The Holy Spirit dwells in us. And the Holy Spirit inspires and reveals. Something that I always wondered, right, was... How could I believe in a, in a Bible, right, that was written by man? There is no way that men on, in our own abilities could write such a book, right? We have met men, right? People have written books, huge books, Harry Potter books, Game of Thrones books, but not with the complexity and the knowledge and the wisdom and the freedom that this provides, this book is not, nothing compared to those huge books, and yet it has so much power and it's been so consistent. And it's because the Holy Spirit has inspired from beginning to end what is written. We see this in 2 Peter chapter 1, 
where Peter writes, knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of scripture comes from someone's own interpretation, for no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man. But men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit still reveals and inspires today. I don't know about you guys, but have you guys ever, I like, I played the guitar, so I'll play the guitar when I'm at home worshiping, and I'll start practicing the songs that we have for Sunday service, and then all of a sudden, Paolo, maybe this happens to you, you're playing, and then you start singing another song that had nothing to do with what you were practicing, or you start singing your own songs. And if you guys know me, I've always wanted to be a singer, and if you guys also know me, I cannot sing to save my life. But I, I'll sing to the Lord and I'll sing these songs and I'll forget them. But it's, it's crazy how the Holy Spirit starts to inspire you in moments that you're not even ready. You're, you could be driving in the car and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit nudges you and say, hey, have you reached out to so-and-so? Hey, that, that person that you were talking to, remember I told you to speak to them about me, about God? And then it starts to reveal and inspire who you are as a Christian, as a believer. I just... I remember last week we had ended church and it was like a, a rough weekend for us. I don't know what it was, but we were super tired and we needed to pick me up because Sunday was not over after church. We were, we, I, I forgot what we needed to do, but we needed to go get coffee. And we came to this coffee, uh, this Dunk, Dunkin' Donuts behind the church. And I remember we walked in and, and the girl that was at the counter was super nice. And I was like, man, this girl has the gift of being on the welcome team. Like, as any, you know, Christian, you start to see things, you know, gifts. Like, man, this, this girl would be great to welcome people. She's super nice, super sweet. Like, in the middle of a Sunday, she's here working, but she just has some personality. And <clears throat> I remember telling myself, I need to talk to her about God. I remember the Holy Spirit putting in my heart, speak to her about me, invite her to church. Let her know that there's a community around her that, that are, are, are willing to walk with her. And another brother from what, like my, my first church came in and then we started talking and catching up and a distraction came in, you know, a good distraction, right? We caught up, but one thing led to another and I completely forgot to invite her to church and I left. And I remember telling Angie, like, babe, we have to invite her to church. We have to come back next Sunday. I don't care if we need the coffee or not, we're gonna come back. Hopefully she is still there and we can speak to her about God because that's what the Holy Spirit starts to do. Now, if the Holy Spirit does that, right? It's best to do what the Holy Spirit is asking you to do, right? There is purpose beyond your imagination and your comprehension. And then if the Holy Spirit isn't nudging you, right? If the Holy Spirit isn't nudging you to speak to someone about Jesus, then you have to start to reevaluate yourself and say, what is going on in my life? Or what is stopping the Holy Spirit from wanting to engage with me? to speak to others about Jesus, to worship, to read the Bible, to fast, to pray. What in my life do I need to change in order to redirect it towards Jesus? Because many times we want the Holy Spirit to do these great things. I want to speak in tongues. I want to, I want to shake. I want to, you know, like, I want to heal the, the lame. I want to see a mute, you know, sing. I want to do all this. But you're not even getting nudged by the Holy Spirit to speak to someone else about God. The Holy Spirit will nudge you to serve right? The Holy Spirit will say, hey, you know what? You got this capability. You have this ability. You have this skill. You have this talent that God gave you. How come you're not using it? But if you're not connecting with God, if you're not connecting with the Holy Spirit, you'll never get that call. You'll never get that ring because you have to put in some work. Amen? But the Holy Spirit renews and restores. 
And that's one thing I love. Just two weeks ago, I remember I was telling Angie, I was at work at night on my second job. I was by myself. And for some reason, for, for the Latinos here, sometimes I feel that Spanish worship just hits different. It's, I was telling Pastor Isaac on a one-on-one, -on -one, it's just more romantic. And I was like, I wasn't sure if that was the word. And he's like, yeah, no, you're right. It's more romantic. It's, I was like, yeah, I just felt like I needed to woo the Lord. I just needed to worship. And I remember uh, I was on the phone with Angie, and I was like, babe, I'm going to be singing right now while we're talking. <laughs> I was like, so just bear with me. And it was this song called Renuevame. I don't know if you guys ever heard it, but I'm not going to sing it. I thought about it for a long time. Am I going to sing it during the message? But I'm not going to do that because we're now we're on Zoom and you could record me. And I don't want to, you know, this is on podcast. If you hear my singing, trust me, no one will ever come back to the gathering. But I was singing it and it, it was, the song pretty much talks about renewing, you know, renew my mind, renew my heart, renew my spirit. Because I felt the sensitivity and I was like ready to cry. And I was in the middle of work and I was just like, what's going on? And it was just the Holy Spirit saying, hey you need to come back or, Hey, you're, you're kind of, you know, you're out of your lane right now. You need to, you need to adjust something. You need to change something. And the Holy spirit started to renew and started to restore me and redirect me. So if you ask yourself, what is the Holy spirit doing? What, what, what was the purpose of Jesus sending the Holy spirit here to earth, which at the end of the day, the Holy spirit is here to redirect our focus from us to Jesus. Amen. The focus from our desires, from our will, from our dreams, whatever it may be, it redirects us to Jesus. Because Jesus, at the end of the day, God, at the end of the day, has the perfect plan for you. I'm sure Ed, when he started playing drums, he didn't think he was going to be up here playing drums, right? You Maybe you started just, uh, you know, for fun, or you're like, oh, that looks cool, or I think I could do this. And lo and behold, now you, you're here playing drums and, and the Holy Spirit, God had a purpose for you to serve him. That was a talent that God called you to do in this season, right? Don't, don't think that that's it. That is definitely not it, right? And don't ever get confused. If, you, if you're good at welcoming, if you're good at preaching, that is not the only gift that God has called you to do. Amen. So the Holy Spirit will renew and restore you. John 16, 5 and 11. And I'm just going through these verses. You can write them down. And it says, but now I am going to him who sent me, and none of you asks me, where are you going? Because I have said that these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. So this is Jesus once again explaining his purpose, explaining what needs to be done. He needs to leave earth so then he could go ahead and send the Holy Spirit. And he says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away, for I do not go away. The helper will, uh, if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. And he's talking about that importance of the Holy Spirit being here. That conscious that sometimes you feel like, I shouldn't be doing this. That's the Holy Spirit telling you, you shouldn't be doing this. Right. Or that God, or when you feel in your heart, I should be doing this. And it's something good for the glory of God. That's the Holy Spirit saying, hey, you should be doing this. You should be changing this. You should be redirecting your focus from what you want to what the will of God is. And I think I just want to break down all these things that the Holy Spirit does, because I think Simon, the magician, didn't realize this. Right. Simon, the magician went from someone who was popular, had this power to, to do miracles, to do wonders. And he thought that he could buy the power of God. He thought that he could buy the gift of God. 
And if there's something about the Holy Spirit I need you guys to know today is that you can't buy this gift. You cannot buy the gift of God. The Holy Spirit was given to you. So if you love gifts, this is one of those gifts you don't want to let go of. This is not a gift that you want to forget and leave, throw in your closet, in your heart. You just want to hold on to this gift and use it as much as you can. And let it be, you know, and let it use you as much as it can. He can. Yeah, I said it again. You see, I caught myself. And I love that. I love the fact that you can't buy this gift. We see in Acts 8 right, where, where Simon is trying to buy with silver what God has poured out to his people. And I'm glad that Peter called him out right away because it would have been a shame for him to think, oh, maybe I can't buy it now. I could buy it later. But Peter says right then and there, may your silver perish with you because you thought you could obtain the gift of God with money. I think when Simon, the magician, decides to, to offer up some money for the Holy Spirit, I think it revealed his true intentions as a believer, right? So the Bible says uh, Simon, the magician, believes, but was it a true, right? Was it a true conversion? Was, was, was he really a Christian at this point? Or was he just looking for ways to get his power back, to get his popularity back, to get, to get people, again, praising him and saying, oh, Simon, you're the great, you're the best, you're the gift of God. Right? I feel like he switched quickly the moment he felt comfortable enough to say, maybe I could own this. And I think, like many of us here, just like Simon, I think we've been guilty of doing this. And you may say, well, Marlon, I never you know, told Pastor Isaac, hey, Pastor Isaac, could I buy the Holy Spirit from you, right? Or, or hey, so-and-so, could I buy this talent from you? But many times we do this as Christians, right? As believers and unbelievers, we do this, which is very similar to what Simon the Magician did. We go, God, if I do this, will you give me that? God, if I change this, will you change this for me, right? And I remember hearing people, because I've been in church long enough where it's like, God, I'm praying for a job. God, I need a job. I have no money. I'm broke. God gives you the job. You take that job and run and never come back to God. Or this one, because I've seen this. Like I said, I've been in church long enough. This one's, a, this one's a, like a soap opera one, right? God, I need someone to love me. God, I need that special person. I need that wife to love like myself. God, I need that husband to be the head of my household. You meet that person in church, and you and that person leave church together and never look back to God again. And that's what Simon was trying to do here. He was trying to buy his way. He's trying to exchange the gift of God because of his own selfish desires. God, I'm going to get that car. And you know what, God? I'm going to give people rides, Lord, to church. I'm going to serve people more. You know what? I wanted to get a coupe. I wanted to get a two-door, but I'm going to get a four-door just to make sure people fit comfortably in the back. Some of us get that car and drive off and never look back to God. I, I mean, I've been guilty of it. God, you do this for me. I promise I'll never do that again. And there I go sinning again. And there I go, you know, turning my back on God. And then the Holy Spirit intervenes. He renews and restores. And now, now it's different. Now it's God, what, I, what, do I, what do you want from me? God, what do you want me to do? God, how could I get closer to you? Holy Spirit, how could you lead me closer to the presence? What, what, what do you need from me today, Holy Spirit? You see Jesus once again preaching in Mark 8 about his death and crucifixion. And he goes on to say, 
If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake in the gospel will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit a soul? And I love this verse. This is one of my favorite verses just because I heard it in a Toby Mac song. Anybody a fan of Toby Mac? But it was like, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose your soul? And then it goes on to say, for what can a man give in return for his soul? Whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation of him, will the son of man also be ashamed when he comes to the glory of his father with the holy angels? Church, it doesn't profit you to gain the world and lose your soul. It didn't profit Simon the magician to have all this money to buy the Holy Spirit. It didn't profit him to, to, to continue living in the flesh, even after, you know, receiving Jesus and being baptized. It didn't profit him to, to, to redirect his desires from God's will to, to, I mean, from your will to God's will, right? And I think we've all been guilty of it. And I think as I've been chewing on this word and trying to work on it, it, it just showed the importance of the Holy Spirit in our life. And, and keeping him tangible continuously as a great friend, as a guy, as a guidance, as a, as a revealer, as someone that inspires to, for us to get closer to God. And I love that, 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 uh, that Peter told Simon, repent, right? Ask for forgiveness, change your heart. And he goes on to say, perhaps, right? And I think it's because Peter wasn't so sure about this guy, Simon, really being genuine after he tried to buy the Holy Spirit, right? So perhaps God may forgive you. And I think he was just throwing in there like, all right, listen, if you really want God, so I tell you, church, today, if you really want God, if you really care to get close to God, if you really want to give up who you are to follow God, then he'll forgive you. Then he'll lead you. Then he'll reveal himself to you. Then the Holy Spirit will start to move. Because the Holy Spirit, and I love this term, is the gift that keeps on giving. There's no better gift than the one that keeps on giving. Second Corinthians says, now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Too many of us have been chained up because of this, because of that. And the Spirit of the Lord, the Holy Spirit starts to free you right there where you are. Doesn't matter if you're in your room, doesn't matter if you're at home, if you're at church. When you invite the Holy Spirit into your life, he starts to free you. He starts to liberate you of anything that, that was holding you down, anything that was keeping you caged. It could have been something that happened when you were a child. It could have been something that happened just yesterday. It could have been, happened, it could have been something that you did to someone. He starts to free you. And there is, a, uh, like, as you guys know, I love worship. I love music. And uh, something about worship songs is that they always use Bible verses. So just a heads up, if you're not listening to Christian music and you, and you struggle memorizing Bible verses, listen to Christian music. Because there's a song from Jason Upton that talks about freedom reigns in this place. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And I love that song because once you start singing it and you start believing it and you start declaring it, you start feeling free. You start feeling this burden, this weight come off you. And that's the only, the only person that could do that is the Holy Spirit. Amen. So if you're at home and you're like, man, I'm going through a tough day, put on some Christian music, listen to it, try to memorize, sing along with it if you need to, and start declaring that in your life. Because where the spirit of the Lord, there is freedom. And that's the gift that keeps on giving. The Holy Spirit continues to guide, to reveal, to inspire, and to renew in our lives. And I end with this real quick. And, this, and it's the fact that in our weakness, the Holy Spirit is there. Because we're human, we're not perfect. 
we have a lot of struggles. We have a lot of challenges. The devil is smart, right? He is witty. He knows, like my mom says, your Achilles tendon. He knows your weak point. He knows what you like. He knows you're not, you may not sit on this, but you might sit in that. That the Holy Spirit is there in your weakness. It says, likewise, the spirit in Romans 8, 26, likewise, the spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings to deep, uh, groanings too deep for words. There comes a point in your life where you're hurt, where you're down and out. It may be today, you could have had that moment 10 years ago, but you needed something that could fill you up that only the Holy Spirit was going to be able to do. Only the Holy Spirit was going to be able to intercede for you in that moment of weakness. God, I just lost someone right now. I don't know what to do. You said you were faithful. You said that you would provide. You said this and that. Because that happened to me. I lost my stepdad at a very young age. And I remember angry at God. Because it's like, how is it that I grew up without a father? Now my younger brothers are growing up without a father. But God had a purpose. God had a will. God had a plan, a vision that I could not comprehend. In my weakness, the Holy Spirit was my strength. I sinned, yes, but God forgave me. I repented, yes, and God started to guide me and switch me up. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, now there's provision. Now there's help. Now he's using me as a father figure. Now he's using my other brothers to help each other. In this moment of weakness, the Holy Spirit was there. I don't know what your moment of weakness is. I don't know if it's today or if it's going to be in 10 years. But I want, to, I want you to remember this. The Holy Spirit is there to strengthen you.